Happy Thanksgiving weekend and welcome to a very special Advent broadcast. Every year at Three Circle, we take time during the Advent season to celebrate the coming of Christ year after year to look forward to His coming with anticipation. And Advent itself is a rich historical tradition of the church that focuses in on specific pieces of the coming of Christ, specific themes around the incarnation of hope, of joy, of peace, of love, and so we're going to take some moments today to do just that. So we invite you to settle in with us and together let's worship, let's respond, and let's grow together in these coming moments. Hey guys, Pastor Chris here, and I want to welcome all of you to the kickoff to our Advent season here at Three Circle Church. We're so honored that you would join us on this Thanksgiving weekend to kick off this season that we hold so dear to our hearts. This is a major foundational piece of our faith. Now, what does Advent mean? Well, Advent is this tradition. It really goes way, way back because what we're doing is we're celebrating the fact that God keeps his promises. If you go back to the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, all believers 
who believed on the living God, they looked forward to the day when his promises of a coming Messiah would be made true, whole, and complete. And that day indeed came. In Bethlehem, Jesus, the Son of God, was born, and we celebrate the fact that God kept his promises. All the believers in the Old Testament looked forward to that day. Well, all believers from that time on, we look back and celebrate during the Advent season the fact that God did send his Son and that he does keep his promises. And you know what that means? That means that not only do we celebrate and commemorate the fact that Jesus came during the Advent season, we also look forward to his second coming because the God who kept his promises at Christmas is the God who's going to keep his promises in the future. And that's what Advent is all about. So thank you for joining us. And as we take a look at Advent season and we kick off this time of, of remembering, of celebrating, of anticipation, what we want to do is first look at this concept of hope because hope is what Christmas is all about. Hope is what the Advent season is all about. The believers in the Old Testament, they hoped uh, not in just uh, baseless things. They hoped in promises that God had given them. God promised them a Messiah, and they hoped for that day, and he kept his promises. And you and I today, we can have hope. We can have hope because God keeps his promises. He has a track record. There is proof. And today, that's where our hope has to come from. In fact, we would say as we kick off the Advent season here at Three Circle that hope is a person. And we want you to have that hope. In fact, let's go to the Word of God. Let's look at Psalm 43 and 5. It says this, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now the psalmist here does something that I think we should all do. He asks a question, why am I downcast? And I think at Christmas time, as we kick off the Advent season, you know, it's easy to look around our world, look around at our circumstances, and ourselves become downcast. And I think it's a good question for all of us believers to ask, why are we downcast? And, and I would offer this reason. I think that the question the psalmist asked here had, a, had an obvious answer. We are downcast in our souls often because we have misplaced our hope. When we place our hope in earthly things, we inevitably become downcast. We become disappointed. We become discouraged. And that may be you right now. You may look at your world, your circumstances, and you may become discouraged. And, and I would offer this to you today. Your hope may be placed in the wrong things because the Bible tells us that this world is fading away. As wonderful and beautiful as it can be, it is temporary. And although this world still has the glimmers and the, uh, the traces of the glory of God, we know that this world is a fallen world and, and God has not set all things right yet. That's, that's coming in the future and we believe in those promises. And that, my friends, is why we can have hope. Our hope is not in tomorrow being perfect. Our hope is that God is perfect and has proven himself to be so and that he keeps his promises. So the psalmist here understands that he has a downcast heart and soul because he's misplaced his hope. So the answer is found in the verse. Our hope must be in God. We must redirect this Advent season, our misplaced hope. And there's only one place for the hope 
to be directed to. Only one place that won't let you down, that won't discourage you, but instead encourage you, instead lift you up, instead inspire you this Advent season. And that is when you place your hope in God. He says here that when he puts his hope in God, it turns into worship. He says, I will praise you, my salvation and my God. In other words, the psalmist was looking forward to the coming of the one, the person who would embody hope, his salvation, his joy. And today, that's what we want to encourage you to do as we, as we begin the Advent season. Where have you placed your hope that has discouraged you, that has let you down? And I'll offer this, even the hope that Christmas and all the beauty and wonder of this season, the hope that it will make everything better, that's going to let you down too because Christmas goes really fast. And I don't know how your Christmas always is, but mine, they're great, but never perfect. So our hope has to be in something beyond that. And I would offer to you today that you need to direct your hope towards a person, towards God, towards Jesus, who has already proven himself. So today, as we worship and as we begin the season of anticipation together as a church family, I would, I would remind you, to place your hope in Jesus, to place your hope in the one who will never let you down and always keep his promises. The believers in the Old Testament, from Abraham to Jacob to Isaiah and Jeremiah, they all looked forward to the day he would come. But you and I, we look back on the fact and we celebrate and remember that he did come and we look forward to the day he will come again.
burning, burning in my soul I've got his joy and it won't let me go It's like a fire shut up in my bones Not just a feeling, it's a living hope yeah, More than a feeling burning in my soul I've got his joy and it won't let me go It's like a fire shut up in my bones Not just a feeling, it's a living hope The joy, the joy The joy of the Lord is my strength The joy, oh the joy The joy of the Lord is my strength Oh, He is my hope The joy, the joy As we continue our Advent kickoff journey together, we come to this element, the element of joy. Now, when I think about Christmas, and I know you do as well, I, I personally love Christmas. Now, I want to be aware that many of you, Christmas is a tough season. And I think that's why the element of joy is important for both of us. I happen to love Christmas. Even the, the people that I've lost in my life, I remember that at Christmas time, but I take joy in it because I typically have incredible Christmas memories with the people that I loved. But many of you, Christmas is a tough season. And what I want you to understand is even with those two very different experiences when it comes to the Christmas season, God offers us something that is transcendent, meaning that it bites through all of it, whichever experience you have when it comes to Christmas. And it's this idea and concept and promise of joy. I love everything about Christmas. I like the food. I don't know if you do, but I, I love it. I, I love dressing. My family uh, does this amazing cornbread dressing, which I think stuffing is far inferior to the superior uh, element of cornbread and dressing. I don't know how you are. And uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge turkey guy, but I like you know, beef. And so like stuff like that's great. And I, I'm a big dessert guy. So I don't know if you love the desserts, but I love all the Christmas desserts. That stuff is in my mind and I get really excited about it. But you know, that's not joy, actually. That's happy. Cornbread dressing makes me happy. But God promises something greater than that. Because what's funny is the cornbread dressing that makes me happy about two hours later doesn't make me so happy. You know what I mean? It makes me sleepy then. But, but God offers us all something, no matter what your experience is and, and, or, or what makes you happy at Christmas, whether your thing is the music or your thing is the lights or the, the decor or it's the gift giving. I don't know what your thing is, but, but all of those things are good. They're not bad things, but they're just, watch this, they're just insufficient things. They're temporary. Uh, they don't last in fact, we all know that you do a lot of work and then Christmas is gone. That's not what Advent season's all about. Advent season goes beyond it. It's transcendent. God offers us joy. He offers us unspeakable joy, the Bible says. So now, what does that mean? And, and I want to I show you what Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 14, about the joy that he wants to bring us, that he wants to offer us. Uh, he says this, in chapter 15, verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, let me say that again. 
He says, these things I've spoken to you, which means all of his word, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Wow, what a powerful thing. The Bible is telling you that Jesus has joy and he wants to offer that to you and that he wants your joy to be full. And Jesus gives us the kind of the core, the root of how we can have joy in him. You know what it is? It's following his commands. He says, if you follow my commands, you will have this kind of joy. Now, Jesus modeled this for us. Jesus, I'm sure things made him emotionally happy at times. It's clear that Jesus loved to be around his disciples. It's clear that Jesus had friends like Lazarus and Martha and Mary. They were his friends. He loved them. They probably made him happy a lot. You can tell that Jesus loved a good party. Jesus made wine at a at a wedding. His first miracle wasn't at a funeral. It was at a party and a wedding. Jesus obviously loved people. And, and you can see his joy, his happiness, but his true deep joy that was transcendent and unchanging came from his relationship with his father. That was very clear. Even when things got dark and tough, he went back to his father to find that, that place of joy, that place of strength. Because the Bible says this about joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Now think about that because I think many times when we come to this season, we feel weak, don't we? We feel exhausted maybe. Maybe you're here and the things that you've experienced in your life have simply knocked you down. And you're wondering how you can get back up. The answer is not finding your next happy thing or happy place or happy moment because those things are temporary. They cannot last. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. When I was a kid, I loved a nice bowl of cereal. And my favorite cereal was Fruity Pebbles. I don't know what yours is. Maybe right now, wherever you are, you're thinking, I know what my favorite is. But I love Fruity Pebbles. Very, very nutritious, right? All the dyes and colors. But boy, it's beautiful in the bowl. And you know what? I could just eat a ton of that stuff, man. I would come in from school and eat bowls of it. And you know what? Literally, I would still be hungry. The, the strangest thing, it's like it did not fill me up. And I would still be just starving. And the reason is, the reason is, we all know, right? It's, it's maybe beautiful and it tastes delicious, but there's no nutrition there. There's no fiber. There's no meat to the bone, so to speak. There's there's nothing really going on in Fruity Pebbles except some sugar and some color and, and, and a delightful taste, <laughs> but it didn't fill me up. And, and that's the thing. Many of us, if we're not careful, will chase happy this Christmas. And we'll think if we can just get the right gift and we can just have the right decor, that all of that will work. And, and it'll just, look, it'll leave you very discouraged on December 26th. The promises of the Bible, though, are greater than that. The promises of the Word of God promise us a joy that belongs to Jesus that transcends all of those things. And if we'll follow His commands, and if we will follow Him, He says He will give us His joy. And watch that last piece. And He wants our joy to be full and complete. And that's the problem. Many of us, we, we just have flashes of joy, but Jesus wants us to have consistent joy, a joy that is strong and complete. And I'm sorry, that's, that's something that a bowl of Fruity Pebbles just can't do for you. It's something that having a great Christmas morning isn't going to pull off. That stuff, it just lasts for a moment. But Jesus offers us something that, that lasts long term. It's something that not just on Christmas, but in January and then March and then August, it will still be true for you. 
And it's that you can have joy in the fact that the God who promised that he would send his son indeed did so. And that same God will keep every promise he's ever made to us. And that can give us joy. It can give us lasting joy, unending joy, transcendent joy. Joy that you can have even when your circumstances are not good. Joy that you can have, watch this, even when you're not happy. I've faced things in my life, and I bet you have, that I... I simply, I wasn't happy with it. It was tough. I wouldn't have chosen those things I went through, those things I experienced. But you know what God has provided for me often, even in times when maybe I wasn't happy? He provided me joy. Because I could remember that even though I was going through a tough time, God was still on the throne, still keeping his promises, still with me, and that brought me joy. And Advent is a time, the Advent season is a time to remember that, to celebrate that, and to stand and live on that truth. You can have joy because Jesus promised it. He can give it to you, and it's not the joy that the world offers, it's the joy that he himself had. And not only will he give it to you, he doesn't just give you a little bit of it, he wants your joy to be full. And our hope is this Advent season, you will experience and live in that joy. We hope that this journey, this Advent journey that we're taking today is encouraging to you and that it's bringing hope and peace and that it's bringing all of these things that Jesus promises us. But we want you to remember this Christmas season that the, the heart of the matter, uh, the, the way we can receive peace, receive joy, walk in hope is the fact that we know we are loved. The Bible promises us love and we celebrate, commemorate, and anticipate the love of God at this moment. And the Bible tells us that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, John 3:16. So he is the initiator of the Advent season. He's the initiator of all that we anticipate, hope for, and celebrate. It was his idea. We didn't even ask him for it. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died and gave his life for us. We, we didn't even realize we needed him. And yet God came for us, sending his son, God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. He loves us. And Jesus describes his own love for us in John 15, 12, and 13. He says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another, watch this, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, when you think about Christmas, you think about that baby in swaddling clothes, and you think about all the traditional images that we have in our mind of Christmas, Normally, that's not a cross. But I want you to understand that the reason that baby was born was ultimately for a cross. He, he went from a manger to a hill called Golgotha. He gave his life for us. So Jesus modeled everything that he promises and commands for us this Christmas. And, and as we begin the Advent season, I want to celebrate the fact that God loves me and that God loves you. Now think about that for just a second. The God of the universe. That means that if your Christmas is awesome or if Christmas is really tough and hard for you, I want you to understand that you are loved. You are loved by God. You matter to him. He cares for you. And he would have come for you if you were the only one. That's how much God loves you. And Jesus says here that 
that there's no greater love. Love can't be proved any better way than laying your life down for someone. Jesus laid his life down for us. But, but before we fast forward to the cross, because he ultimately did die for us, that's not all Jesus did. That's not the only way he laid his life down for us. The Bible tells us that even at his birth, which we celebrate, Jesus emptied himself. He never stopped being God, but the book of Colossians tells us that he was emptying himself, meaning that he he was willing to not take advantage of his position so that he could lower himself, wrapping himself in human flesh, taking on a human nature in order to in order to give his life for us. Even in his birth, Jesus was laying down his life for us. Then he lived for us. That's a form of laying down your life. Jesus served us. What he did that night by washing his disciples' feet, well, he had been doing that for his 33 years of life for all of us because he lived a sinless life every day, fully, fully engaged. And he was he was tempted in every way, walking in our shoes, literally, and yet without sin. Jesus laid his life down for us, absolutely. He served us. He modeled everything he commanded for us. He showed us who God is. He is the ultimate expression, the Bible tells us. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. That's what we're talking about. And we couldn't know God fully without Jesus. He laid down his life for us. He was born, stepping out of heaven and glory for us. That's laying down your life. He lived 33 sinless years, serving, sacrificing, laying down his life. And then ultimately, we know that the baby grew up and died on a cross. He gave his life for us. All of that proving that we are loved. And this Christmas, I don't know what you're going through. This Advent season, I don't know what it will bring and, and, and how your journey will be. But I know this, you are loved. You are loved by God. And if you are joining us right now and you are a Christian, you're a believer, you are a child of God. You've been adopted by God. And what did it cost him for your adoption? Because adoptions are expensive. Well, your adoption's the most expensive one ever. It cost him his son, the life of his son. That's how costly it was, but it's also how much you mean to him. Jesus gave his life for us. And, and this Christmas... You can bet on this. I don't know how perfect your Christmas is going to be. I don't know if your turkey's going to burn in the oven. I don't know if everyone's going to like the gifts you got them. I don't know if everything's going to go the way you want it. I don't know if we get a white Christmas because we're in the South and that just doesn't happen very often, does it? But, but I know this, this Advent season, you are loved. You're loved by a God who told you He loves you and then proved it. He promised that He loves you and then he sent his son and proved it. God loves us. And this Advent season, we celebrate that. He proved his love for us, and he will keep every one of his promises that he's made to us because he loves us. And I hope, we hope, that, that the joy and peace and hope that Jesus promises for you will be absolutely real and evident in your life, and that that will begin with the knowledge, the unbelievable joy-producing, peace-giving, and hope-enabling truth that God loves us. I've got a friend Closer than a brother 
There is no judgment, oh how he loves me, I've got a friend, he is my strength, he is my portion, with me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm. Let all my life testify, hallelujah, we are not. Sufficient. So come if you're needing forgiveness and healing. His mercy is enough. Oh, this is our hope. The cross it is spoken. Death is no more. Christ is the Lord. Oh, this is our Father
We're so thankful that you spent this time with us. We have one more element to talk about as we celebrate the kickoff to our Advent season, and it's the element of peace. Peace. If you were to sum up uh, the Christmas season for us this year in particular at Three Circle, it's going to be all about peace because that's going to be our Christmas series that we do every single year. And this year we're going to be talking about the Prince of Peace. The Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. He is sovereign. He is over all. He loves us, cares for us. And as we have learned during this time of Advent anticipation and kickoff, He is bringing us joy. He is bringing us peace. So what does it mean when we talk about peace? Well, I think when you look around the world that we live in, that we wake up in every day, we see a lack of peace. And some of you are experiencing that right now. Our hope is that during this time together that we have spent remembering, celebrating, and anticipating the promises of God, that you have already begun to feel that peace, that real peace that God offers. But what did Jesus tell us about the peace that he, the Prince of Peace, brings? Well, in John 14, 27, he said these uh, incredible and powerful words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, that's very similar language to the words of the psalmist when he said that he placed his hope in God, that his heart didn't have to be troubled anymore. Well, Jesus here ends his, his word to us this Advent season about peace by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Well, I think the question all of us would ask is, why? Why should my heart not be troubled? I mean, the world's a tough place, and since, since we are finite creatures, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know even how this Christmas season's going to go, what calamities, what disasters may await us. Why should I not be afraid? Why should you and I not be uh, discouraged and full of turmoil inside? Well, Jesus tells us because he brings us peace. And a few things I want you to notice this Advent season about what Jesus just said. First of all, he tells you that he is going to, if you're a believer, give you peace. He's going to give you peace. And he points out the fact that it's his peace. Don't you think about that for a second. When you look at the life of Jesus, one thing you don't see in Jesus' life is you don't see him hurried. You don't see him anxious. You don't see Jesus worried. Now you see intensity. You see passion. You see that he cared for people. He had concern for people. But you don't see Jesus getting shaken. You don't see Jesus uh, losing hours of sleep because he's worried about tomorrow. What you see in Jesus, because Jesus was perfect, and he had a perfect relationship with his father and believed uh, fully the promises of his father. Jesus lived in perfect peace. And, and his disciples had seen that, by the way. Those who had walked with him and, and had sat around campfires, much like the one behind me right now, they, they knew what it was like to watch the flames dance in the eyes of Jesus. Think about that intimacy. So for three and a half years, they had watched him. And you know what they had noticed about him? He walked with an unbelievable, almost otherworldly confidence and, and peace. They, they loved this about Jesus so much, in fact, that they asked him to teach them how to pray because they noticed that he would go pray and spend time with his father. And, and they thought that has to be the secret to how Jesus is always calm and never worried and always just trusting and full of joy and life. In fact, the, the writer of the book of John, John himself, he said that if he were to write all the great things he saw Jesus do, if he were to write it all down, all the books in the world could not contain it 
That's the kind of charisma, the kind of life that Jesus brought. And you know what? The only way to live a life that full, to have that kind of impact, is to be at peace. And Jesus promises us as believers, don't miss this, that he will give us that peace. He doesn't say, I'll just give you any peace. He says, I'll give you my peace. The peace that he had, we can have. The peace that he walked in, we can walk in. But the last piece I want you to understand as we look at this last element of our Advent kickoff is this. Jesus promises you that his peace is not like the peace of the world that it offers you. Now, let's just think about that for a second. What kind of peace does the world offer us? What does the world tell us? Our culture, the world that we live in, what does it tell us will bring us ultimate peace? Well, a few things. Uh, first of all, it, it might tell us that having more money would bring us peace. Or maybe having the perfect Christmas would give us peace. Or maybe the perfect relationship. And, and you know what we do? We end up putting all this pressure on our relationships, on a single holiday, on our jobs, on, on sometimes even our church to, to make things right and perfect in our lives. And the problem is, once again, we've misplaced our hope so we don't end up with the peace God promises us. But Jesus tells us he offers us a peace that is unlike that of the world. The world offers you all of these other things that could bring you peace, but it never does. See, the world makes promises that it cannot keep. Uh, the world offers things that it can't deliver, but Jesus delivers. And he promises that if we will trust him, love him, and follow him, that he will give us the peace that he has that we can see right there in the scriptures and that his peace is different than any other. It's one that we do not earn. It's one that we do not achieve. It is one that we are given. See, every other religion in the world, I want you to remember this, this Advent season as we celebrate, remember, commemorate, and anticipate. Every other religion this world has ever seen tells us that we've got to work in order to achieve our relationship with God, whoever he is. Christianity alone says that we do not work for our salvation. We receive it and that the work has been done for us. And so today we celebrate that. We celebrate that we can have peace and walk in peace, not because of who we are or what we can do or what we can achieve or what we have. Our hope and our peace is found in a person, is found in Jesus. And when we follow him, believe in him, when we abide in him, we receive from him a peace, a peace that calms us, a peace that gives us confidence and courage, a peace that gives us joy, a peace that calms the storms in our lives, but more often calms us in our storms. And that is the peace he offers us this Advent season. It's there for me and it's there for you.
So church family, thanks again for joining us for this Advent broadcast. And as Pastor Chris alluded to earlier, uh, next weekend marks the beginning of all things Christmas. This weekend with Advent weekend, we look toward Christmas, we anticipate what's to come, but next weekend we fully step into it, including Sunday gatherings throughout the month of December, special events, and then most notably our candlelight Christmas Eve gatherings at all campuses. So to find out more information on all of the above, we invite you to check out threecirclechristmas.com. And then lastly, if you want to be a part of worshiping with us through financial giving this week. This is something that we do week in and week out, and we invite you to lock arms with us as we continue to reach out locally, regionally, and globally. And you can do so in the ways that you see here on the screen. We hope you have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend, and we will see you next weekend as we launch Christmas at Three Circle.